Welcome to Macro, the Cisco Innovation Podcast. I'm Thomas. I'm a PhD student studying cancer biology. In my research in our laboratory, I handle dangerous equipment and chemicals, including some cancer-causing agents. But day-to-day and in our laboratory space, this is mixed in with the non-dangerous and routine things we do. So there's no formal spatial distinction between places where we do and don't need PPE on. And ultimately, this means it comes down to your own personal checks that you're wearing the right thing at the right time. This informality means that when it's only your personal responsibility, you often find yourself cutting corners, especially when you're when you're busy and you're rushing. I think a system that can more formalise the PPE requirements and check that you are meeting them could be really useful, especially in kind of laboratory environments. It might be the theme of countless sci-fi movies and comic books, but in reality, most accidents that occur in a science lab don't result in the creation of superheroes. Serious accidents in laboratories are not common, and the sector has a pretty good reputation for health and safety. But of course, it's not perfect. Last year, the UK government's Health and Safety Executive Agency launched investigations into 40 incidents over two years at specialist labs. John Kersey is a veteran of the health and safety industry and a contributor to Health and Safety magazine SHP Online. He says that while a majority of industries are doing a good job of keeping their workers safe, a plateau has been reached. The construction industry gives a clear example of this, he says. Now, some would argue that work environments such as labs and construction sites inevitably carry a greater level of risk than your average office space. They might even say that accidents happen and risk is just part of the job. Well, for people like John, there's no such thing as an acceptable accident.
Ever since the introduction of the Workplace Health, Safety and Welfare Regulations in 1992, health and safety has been something that people love to complain about. Some see it as being overprotective, or government overreach, while others complain that it prevents them from getting things done efficiently. But John says he's witnessed a shift in opinion in recent years. Workplace cultures that emphasise the importance of safety are more prominent than they used to be, he says, and this is having a gradual impact on improving worker safety. But John believes that technology will have an even more immediate effect. It's this technology, as you may have already guessed, that we'll be talking about on this episode of Macro. More specifically, we'll be taking a look at an innovation project called AI Safe. And like lots of bright new ideas, AI Safe started life in a laboratory. So originally it started, we were approached by, by Cisco and one of their partners, GSK, who wanted to improve um, compliance with workers entering a laboratory on a number of their sites. Um, they already have a number of uh, measures to, to help with health and safety, but also anything they could do, any new technology that could help reduce any potential contamination. That's Tony Skur, Senior Solutions Director at Cortexica Vision Systems. The AI Safe project ran for around nine months. Cortexica integrated its computer vision technology with Cisco hardware to create a system that checks automatically if people entering laboratory spaces are wearing the appropriate safety gear or not. Let's hear it in action. The AI safe system that Mira was just describing has been trained on a large data set of images to help it identify different items of personal protective equipment, or PPE. Tony Skur. The data set really helped us drive quickly the system's ability to detect different items, so overalls, hair nets, foot covers, gloves, face masks. And then GSK wanted us to, to be able to detect the order and process in which somebody put that on. So for example, the gloves would have to be the last item to go on, again, to try and reduce any form of additional contamination. 
it took us about nine months, I think, initially to, to do the project, um, which was a huge success. Uh, and we were really grateful for the opportunity through Cisco and GSK to start this. And of course, then we looked at what other areas can we take this into. Once the system had been trained to recognise all these relevant PP items and the order in which they were put on, it could be used to grant or deny access to the control lab space. But for Cisco and Cortexica, this laboratory use case was just the beginning of the possibilities that AISAFE opened up. I'm Maria Hernandez from Cisco, the head of innovation for the UK and Ireland. We then saw that this solution have an impact on a worker. Do they have what they need? If they are, for example, working in an energy or utility, they're going into a gas escape. Again, does the personnel carrying and wearing what they need to to protect themselves in that particular situation? And now we're thinking, God, it could be applied to a big manufacturing plant or, you know, a construction site. There's different, in different scenarios where that analytics and that possibility of eradicating that human error or that approach of not following the rules, that could be a, a real winner as well. I'm a 23-year-old electrician, um, been working on building sites for about six or seven years now. And uh, yeah, pretty much every single job now is the same, really. Uh, you have to wear PPE, uh, some are more strict than others. Pretty much always hard hat, pivers, gloves are standard, but dust masks, sometimes goggles if you're drilling. I mean, the hard hat rule is not as People just tend to take their hard, hard hats off and saunter around site, but uh, you do get in a bit of trouble for that. Um, I've seen guys yellow carded, red carded. It's uh, it's it's something they really do crack down crack down on now. PPE, just one of those really uh, really strict things seems to be. Some of the health and safety procedures that you get on like modern sites nowadays can well you could definitely say they're excessive, but. Uh, it's, it's, it's just tends to be procedure now. In terms of uh, technology on building sites now, you don't really, in terms of health and safety, you don't get a lot of it. The success of the initial AI-safe trials made it clear that the solution was suited to many more environments beyond controlled laboratory spaces. Construction sites, manufacturing plants, utilities facilities, ports, transport hubs. These are just a few examples of workplaces that require workers to wear PPE. So the team set about tailoring the system for a range of different situations. Here's Tony from Cortexica again. The project certainly has opened up um, Pandora's box in respect to capability um, in a very positive way. So it's been a a tremendous platform, I guess, for, for Cortexica um, to be able to develop more areas, more new items of recognition. So it's not just looking at, uh, you know, your basic PPE, it's also looking at maybe breathing apparatus, maybe it's asset controls on site in a location. Um, we're now looking at more types of behaviours or really what we refer to as action recognition, you know, people tripping up and falling over. Um, Trip, uh, sorry, spillages in particular is, is a challenging area, but something that we've started to do some early work on. They also considered how it might be used to improve the operational efficiency of important things like incident reporting and site management. 
in respect to operational efficiencies, if we looked at um, health and safety, I say on one hand, it could be things from reducing reporting time, uh, downtimes of multiple personnel who need to apply whatever process to uh, to that, that situation. If we look at other areas of industry, um, actually another project through, through Cisco and GSK, uh, improving efficiencies on manufacturing lines. So this could be looking at a range of new um, capabilities of detection for inspections, um, whether that's misalignment of a product, blistering, defects in the product, cracks in materials, whether that's metals, uh, precious metals, plastics, uh, misalignment of, of logos and packaging. And again, it, it starts to, to open up, we're opening up the envelope, which just seems to keep on opening. They looked at how the technology could be used to map out safe zones on work sites too. Building sites, we see this more and more, particularly as the site goes through the third, fourth, fifth phases of development and really expands. Um, as the main sort of central structures start to, to develop, um, they're very, for most construction companies that we've dealt with, there are very clear uh, walkways, pathways and procedures that the builders must, must take ultimately for their own safety. But it is very easy on a, on a Thursday, Friday afternoon, it's three o'clock, it's sunny, I've just left my, my tool bag over there, I'll just quickly nip back. Now, they're maybe not so aware of, of the overriding crane, maybe there's multiple cranes on site, so there's less immediate impact or there's overconfidence, let's say, from the worker. And actually then it puts them at considerable position of risk. So improving operational um, procedures for the workers, uh, you know, in respect to health and safety. As I say, it could be a few seconds added on to that worker having to walk around, but ultimately that could save their life. Expanding the possibilities of the solution in this way is dependent on something called continuous monitoring. I'll let Miro explain this bit.
Now, systems like this that involve lots of cameras, sensors and artificial intelligence can raise understandable concerns for privacy advocates. It's virtually impossible, responsible even, to talk about AI without addressing the concerns people have about the technology. This is something that Tony and the team at Cortexcare are acutely aware of. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I can understand people's uh, concerns uh, with this type of capability. And I think, you know, it, they're very fair and it happens often when a new format of, of tech comes, comes to uh, the sort of main um, attention of, of people. Um, but, you know, we're not Big Brother. We, we have rules and regulations that we have to comply to. Uh, you know, GDPR obviously being the main one uh, for privacy and protection. But again, as a business, we also have a responsibility. What do we want to get involved in? Um, if we were to work in a country where the rules and regulations are less than what they are across Europe and in the UK in particular, then it's our ethical policy to really consider, is this in the best interest of the business? And that is a decision uh, for senior management and the boards and isn't purely based on, on financial rewards. Um, there, there's a much bigger responsibility piece and awareness to to this type of detection uh, and it needs to be used in in the right way um, and this is part of the reason that we have looked to partner with people like yourselves a wide range of universities various governing bodies that will look into our research papers on, on how we actually go about developing the technology for the good of humanity as well as considering the most ethical applications of the technology tony's keen to play a role in educating people about how it really works he sees projects like AI Safe as an opportunity to move the conversation around AI forward. There is a misconception um, that we're going to spot somebody, you know, scratching their arm and not working um, to uh, to a high enough standard uh, in some sort of military form. Um, that simply isn't the case. If we wanted to do that, we would need a lot of data around those specific actions to train the system to teach it that this person is being lazy. And even within that, that's such a subjective state. Um, to to create rules and fields around that to to identify a said action uh, would be very challenging. There's a large miscommunication piece here, a misunderstanding, which, to be honest, providers like ourselves have a responsibility to help convey the right message, um, but also you know how this technology really works and what the limitations are. John Kersey, the health and safety expert we heard from earlier, says that industry bodies and regulators have a responsibility to ensure new technologies are used ethically too. For Cisco's Maria Hernandez, this is an exciting time to be involved in groundbreaking projects centred on new technology. The UK has an ambition to become a very innovative country and economy. They state that in their industrial strategy, and they actually mentioned innovation 238 times in the document. Um, they do mean it, obviously. And we at Cisco, with our innovation program, and in particular with our country digital acceleration strategy, we are committed to help the country to achieve this ambition. Innovation for us is 
anything but business as usual. If uh, if you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. And that's the mantra, is how we try untested solutions, uh, untested ways of doing things to improve and to move forward. The partnership between Cisco and Cortexica continues, and the team are tapping into Cisco's global network to explore a whole host of exciting opportunities around the world. Another example of how a simple idea in a laboratory can quickly go to bring in benefit across the world. And if you want to see the solution in action yourself, Thanks, Miro. You'll find Macro wherever you usually get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this episode, or any of the others in the series, or all of them, then why not leave us a nice review? It'll help others like yourself to find out about Macro too. Until next time. Bye.